Hi there, gang, and welcome to episode 12 of the SDR Disco Call podcast. I'm your host, Neil Buyan, and today's guest is George Tresky. George is an SDR for Outreach.io. We're going to be hearing his journey from door-to-door sales, going through recruitment, asking questions on LinkedIn, to then landing his job at Outreach, and what it felt like to be a pure remote onboarded SDR. Also, how he keeps connected with his team and how to strategically put time in your calendar for yourself. So how does the SDR Disco Call podcast work? Well, it's actually a discovery call, hence the name. And every Tuesday at 8am, we're going to have a brand new SDR for 30 minutes and an agenda of introductions, their SDR story, and three key takeaways that they've learned to share with other SDRs. So with that in mind, let's begin. So guys, I want to introduce you to George Tresky, who is an SDR from Outreach. Uh, he was introduced to me by a good friend, Tom Castley. Tom shouts out for introducing me to George. And we connected to learn a bit about George SDR uh, story at Outreach. Uh, and it's really cool, the things that he's been up to and kind of what he's been learning as a brand new SDR. But rather than me blab on about who George is, uh, George, welcome to the SDR Disco Call podcast. How are you doing today, sir? doing very very well and thank you for having me on thank you for coming on um and i know that we have to make sure that we get onto this podcast and we try and get as much information as we can because you are a busy man and you have actually got a disco call straight after this which i love uh but george tell the people like kind of who are you where are you from and what what you're currently doing at outreach mate yeah, so I'm George Tresky. Um, I'm from Barnet in North London. Um, I've been in SDR outreach now for about five months. Um, first job out of uni. Um, and yeah, I guess for what we do for SDRs specifically, we kind of just make their lives as easy as possible to, to really help them smash their number. Um, in terms of what I get up to in my spare time, I'm not really a hobbyist. I'm more of like a dabbler. Um, I think mm. variety is the spice of life. Um, <laughs> so I kind of like, had my first golf lesson last week, like went mountain biking the week before, um, started dabbling in yoga. So, so yeah, I like to keep things fresh. Nice. So just before we begin the show, we always do a little bit of a breathing exercise. So hopefully you recognize that to kind of get us in Zen for today's yeah. show, which was <laughs> really nice. All right. Well, thank you for the introduction. So for the listeners out there, when I was looking at, um, George's uh, profile. I saw that you'd, like you said, you'd only been at Outreach for a little while. You had done stuff with the Nottingham Entrepreneurs. Um, you had done other stuff during uni and kind of like you did stuff like with HelloFresh. You did your degree. You've done stuff with like a copywriter and all that great stuff and even door to door sales. But for the listeners out there, it'd be really interesting to know like what was the journey up until you got to Outreach? What was that like straight from uni to kind of where you are today, dude? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's quite a few parts to it. Um, do you want me to start from like the very start or from like uni to outreach? From the very beginning, dude. I think the more information we can get, the better we can know about George. Cool. So I think it, it really started way back in the day um, when I did a copywriting course. Um, it was like a family friend um, who, who does copywriting um, and he kind of suggested it to me. Um, and kind of from there, doing the copywriting course and for people that don't know it, it's just sales in the written form um and ironically i became very like sold on the idea that sales is everything after doing that course um <laughs> and i kind of started seeing the world through like a sales lens um 
So I kind of like always had that in the back of my mind, um, did some work experience there. Um, sadly, sitting down in silence, like for the entire day, started driving me a bit crazy. Um, I felt quite guilty. I'd be distracting all the other copywriters all day. They'd like have the headphones on. I keep trying to like speak to them. Um, mm. So as much as I did love the writing part, I just knew I needed like a bit more like speaking day to day. So kind of more like human interaction. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I kind of always had that in the back of my mind. Um, and then it was through through one of my friends. His friend had started doing door-to-door sales. Um, and that's one of those things I'd seen like recommended it's like if you're like a young kid do door to door like it's one of the best things you can do yeah so i thought you know what like i'll give it a shot 100 commission um first two weeks i didn't make a single sale um <laughs> my mom was like she was like george like what is wrong with you it's 100 yeah. commission you've made no money in two weeks you're paying for travel and food just get mm. a bar job I kind of knew that it it was one of those as cheesy as it does sound. I couldn't really quit because, like, if I'd failed at that, then I just know it like wouldn't have given me the confidence to then do like future stuff for almost like the rest of my life. Yeah. So I really wanted to make sure I was like, this is just going to be the one thing I'm just going to stick with until I get it. And then I think it was on like the 13th or 14th day of doing it. I was in Walthamstow, quite a dodgy road, did my pitch. <laughs> yeah. And the person said yes. They wanted ah, to buy. Yeah. And I don't know if you can relate from kind of the first ever like meeting you booked or, or whatever, but I I was like, wait, what you want to buy it? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those unexpected things of okay, like you you're probably expecting them to say no. And they actually turn around and say, Yeah, okay, cool. And you're like, uh, it's like a deer in headlights, you don't know what to do, right? Literally, after getting like hundreds of notes, I I don't know how I pulled it together and managed to sign them up. But kind of like that high after the first sale, I think yeah. that that's kind of also what keeps you coming back a bit. Um, and then from there, um, just kind of like head down, speaking to because at the at the door to door company, um, you could really speak to like some of the best door to door salesmen in the country, mm. and. And this is the other thing that I was kind of surprised about in sales because there's quite a stigma against it. You see like Wolf of Wall Street, like a lot of movies, and maybe that's what sales was like back in the day. Yeah. But now sales is more filled with um, people who are like obsessed with learning. And more importantly, there's so many people like willing to help newbies who are just awful. And that's probably like my favorite thing about sales. Um, mm. So like with a lot of help, I ended up becoming like fairly good at door to door. Um and yeah, just like really, really enjoyed that. So just so if we, we pause, I just I just want to pick up on that. So like um like you said, you you've gone into this door to door sales, like you're you're really pumped up, you want to kind of do something, you want to be in sales, that's kind of what you've decided. You're gone for those two weeks, nothing's really popping off for you. Your own mother is just saying, like, George, what's going on? Yeah. Um, and then like you said, you're thinking to yourself, right, I need to be tenacious with this, I need to stick with this. I, I want to make it work. And then you get that eventual yes. And it kind of gives you that euphoric moment like, yeah, this is kind of what I want to do and move forward. Um, 
how do you think that relates to like other people that are perhaps you know this starting out something for the first time and they're struggling and they're just waiting for that yes or that meeting kind of what advice would you give to them george yeah that's a really good question actually because um this is actually one of the things that I, I wish I knew. Um, I'd even gone through that period of two weeks where it's like, you're not even just swimming in the deep end. It's like you're underwater getting like swelled around. Um, and you just can't really work out how you're ever going to make a sale or book a meeting. And I'd actually say, even though I went through that with door to door and I was like, when I get to outreach, it could be the same. I need to prepare myself. Mm. The pro the process of outreach was actually longer because there's there's so much more to learn. It, it's more complex. You're learning, you're, you're in like the corporate world. There's like business lingo to learn. Um, and it's, you know, you're calling like high level, like senior executives. Um, so it's really a case of just focusing on like learning and the inputs each day uh, and just kind of completely ignore the, the kind of, the final process like the final output um mm. just like keep get just keep your head down and inevitably it will come the results so it's just patience i love that that's some solid advice um patience is key a hundred percent so as you mentioned like you're, you're doing the door-to-door sales things you're getting to learn from a lot of good leaders um kind of what was the next step after like the door-to-door sales for you yeah so it was so uni um I still applied for a few um, finance positions, um, sales and trading. Um, to be fair to me, they were quite half-hearted. I wasn't really sure if I wanted to do it. Um, I was starting to hear more about kind of um, finances more like shrinking slightly in some areas. Um, and obviously, software is more of a booming industry. Um, mm-hmm. But because sadly, they were failed applications, it was kind of... I didn't really like have a choice in the matter. Um, but between second and third year, um, yeah, from between second and third year, I tried to then get um, a software like sales internship, okay. um, just reaching out to people on LinkedIn. Um, and the other thing I wanted to do was to really make sure, like, could this be a role that I'll actually be good at? So I was asking people these ridiculous questions on LinkedIn um you know like do i need to learn how to code mm. and everyone was like no not at all <laughs> and i was like but really? obviously you you weren't to know because it wasn't your world right yeah exactly it's just crazy you forget how much you kind of don't know and it's almost you yeah. also take for granted how much you know now like all the, all yeah. the little things um definitely um and then yeah met some really really helpful people there um, and then also met some people that did try and set up an internship. Sadly, um, nothing came of it in the end, but it was still amazing because of um, like the connections I made. Um, yeah. And I'd say that's a big part of actually what helped me get the outreach job in the end. So, mm. so if we dig on that, so what you're saying is you reached out to people on LinkedIn because you're trying to understand, okay, what does it take to get into software sales? Do I need to do coding? Thank, well, you know, it'll be it's something I've always wanted to learn, and I know at some point I will do, but it wasn't a requirement for what you were looking to do at that point in time. Um, and as you said, you're looking for an internship. It didn't come to fruition. There is a story, a funny story about that as well, which we spoke about uh, outside of the show. Um, but as you mentioned, it helped you 
bring networking connections. It helped with a lot of learning for yourself. Is that how you saw it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Kind of even the small things, just kind of speaking to other people, like in the corporate world as well. Because at uni, I, you know, you're just spending time with like other people your age. Um, you're not exactly speaking very professionally to each other. Um, mm. So it's kind of just like an insight into it's more of the business world. Um, and again, it was, I was like really surprised at like how helpful some people were, like taking just like a random kid that messaged them, just willing to get on like a 30 minute call and answer all their questions. Mm. Um, and I'm still in contact with, with a few of those people now. So yeah. Love it, love it. And for what, what's kind of like, because there's probably people uh, listening to this show and they may have that young person that reaches out to them to ask advice. Um, and kind of, I think what would be interesting for them to know is what kind of lasting impact could that have to a person to be given that chance or to be given some words of advice? How, how much could it help them, do you think, George? Well, put it like this, there's a few people, and if I didn't speak to them, I don't think I'd be here now. Um, and like the gratitude I have for them is immense. And secondly, it now means when anyone reaches out to me, it's what's the term? It's like paying it forward or like paying it yeah. back. It's yeah. it's yeah. So I'd I'd say like if someone reaches out, just don't underestimate how big an impact you can actually have on them, mm. especially if they know nothing. <laughs> I totally agree. I, um, I've actually got a very good friend uh, who is a very close sales friend. His name is Max. And a few years back when I was used to work at Showpad, uh, I had this young recruiter reach out to me and he was interested about to learn about the SDR position. What does it take? What does SaaS does? Um, and I thought, oh, it's not a lead, but you know, I helped the guy out and I just gave him as much information as I could about the company. And then a few months later, I remember I get called by my VP to go into an office in London. We was in WeWork, Moorgate. And he said, Neil, there's this guy that's uh, interviewing. Can you just sit with him just to see culturally how do you think this guy fits? Does he gel with the team? And I sit down on the chair and I look at this young guy. Look in front of me. He's all suited and booted like as a recruiter was back then. And I look at him for a minute. I was like, I know you from somewhere, don't I? He's like, yeah, you're Neil. You're the guy that spoke to me. Oh, mate, nice to meet you. And uh, anyway, five or six years later, we're best friends uh, and we see each other. But he said, yeah, if it wasn't kind of for that chat, Neil, I wouldn't have taken that job at Showpad and, you know, I spoke to loads of other companies. So I think to your point, pay it forward. But I always said to Max, like, look, if you ever come across somebody else that's asking for help, just pay it forward. I don't ask for anything for myself. Just go help somebody else. So I think that's a really good ethos to have. And yeah, like you said, you wouldn't be where you kind of are if you weren't to have those discussions. Yeah, yeah man, that is a great story. No, thank you very much. <laughs> and Max, if you're listening, cheers, mate. Um, but yeah, so from going on from these discussions and then kind of like, what was kind of happening after that? Like, was it straight to outreach or was there something in between before that? Um, yeah, so it was during lockdown, really. Um, I still had like a fair bit of coursework to do, but I thought, I mean, there's literally nothing else to do. So may as well kill some time, <laughs> yeah. dabble a bit on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. Maybe see this this whole job, job thing everyone's talking about. Maybe try and get that a bit sorted. Um, <laughs> so... When I'd reached out to everyone the year before, literally they'd all just said, like, go to Venetrix, um, just literally just go to them. Um, so I messaged um, Sophie Allen, one of the recruiters there, literally quick phone call with her, um, quick phone call with Elaine. And then in the space of like 
24 or like 48 hours, um, I was already being set up for um, like an outreach like interview day. Um, nice. Yeah, it was like a, a virtual all on Zoom, um, like an assessment day. Um, yeah. And it was it was like quite a funny setup. It's, it's not easy doing like a, an assessment day um, kind of virtually, like for anyone yeah. involved, the people running it, like the people involved. Um, but we somehow did it. And then from there, it was cool, you're through to the next round. So it was an interview with my SDR manager, Caitlin. And then mm-hmm. finally, of course, Tom Castley. Um, and then I think it was the next day I was told I had the job. So for someone that had been used to like finance applications that just like drag on for like months, I was I was literally in shock. I was like, how have I gone from having like nothing to having a job offer in like six or seven days? <laughs> That's pretty fast, dude, man. Yeah, like it was it was pretty surreal. Um and I'd actually said to like all my housemates, I was like, I don't think I've got it. Even if I have, I'm not gonna take it because I don't want to start work Ooh. yet. Um yeah. I can want to go traveling. Um and then when I got the offer, I kind of spoke to a few people. But like <laughs> I don't know what traveling you're planning on doing. I'm not sure if you yeah. realized that there's like a pandemic. Um literally just take it, like you can't be picky. And mm. to be fair to outreach, um, I think they'd been maybe binge watching a bit of The Godfather because they did actually give me an offer I couldn't refuse. So um, <laughs> I love I, it. I definitely took it. So that that piece there, like obviously with um, you're kind of given the offer, you're kind of thinking to yourself, do you know what? I need to. Maybe this isn't something I want to do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go travel, and obviously with the current climate, that is a bit limited. Like, don't get me wrong, you can still travel around places. Um, but was there any element of making that commitment? Was there anything kind of like holding about other than the travel? Was there anything else stopping you from, you know, saying, uh, yes, I'm going to go take that job? I think it's one of those things we, we forget about a lot. Obviously, we're quite, um, you know, like we are human and we're like social creatures. And I think if I if I knew someone else like my year at uni, that like already taken and started a job, I'd have mm. like no hesitations. I think it was just being like that kind of like first person out of my mates to like jump in and, and just like take something and kind of like yeah. end the uni lifestyle and start the the world of work. Yeah. It's a big step to take and to your point, like if there isn't a reference point where you've seen somebody else similar to yourself like do the same thing, you're kind of like well, why is nobody else doing it and what's going to happen to me? And I think, yeah. like, well done for taking that step, dude. Cheers. Because um, I remember like when I was offered my first startup job, I was speaking to my friends and family and I was speaking to my friends and none of them had worked in that world. And the one thing they kept coming back to me was saying, it's very risky, like startups, you know, they don't all last and it's better to go get a secure job, which has, you know, a pension in a corporate world where it's established, et cetera, et cetera. And I was just like, but that's not fun. And yeah. that was a thing that I kept saying to them. I said, yeah, it could, you know, what? it could all blow up, but what if it goes all right? Um, that's kind of what prompted me to take it. And I remember it was like when I signed that contract, my heart was thumping. And I was just thinking like, how how is this going to kind of entail and how is it going to pan out? And I'm happy to say it, it was the best choice that I ever made because I think in life there are two things. You've got choices and decisions. Decisions are based on circumstances 
as if you know something's gone wrong and you have to make this decision. It's not something you really want to do, but you just have to run with it. But a choice, I believe, is something that you do for the betterment of your life. You know, it's somewhere you, it takes you forward to the goals and aspirations that you want to get to. Um, and as you mentioned early on, sales is something that you want to do. Um, you've kind of seen books or you've watched videos as to what sales could be, like the Wolf of Wall Street. But I hope that now you've stepped into outreach, you can realize, well, it's not exactly that. And it's probably perhaps a bit more fun. But uh, no, George, well done for making the right choice, dude. So with outreach, kind of like, what's that journey? Because like, if I remember from uh, our show notes, it's that you were purely remote. This was a whole remote experience for you. What was that journey like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, looking back on it, it was pretty crazy how we started. Um, it's kind of like all I knew onboarding remotely. Um, it was it was strange looking back on it. Um, so it's like we were there. Our SDR manager was actually in Florida onboarding us remotely. She was waking up at these like crazy times, like in darkness, um, to have to <laughs> onboard us. Um, yeah. Literally, would you spend the whole day on Zoom? Um, just kind of like going through stuff. Um, and, and yeah, like it's, I think it's like an incredible achievement, like how outreach managed to successfully onboard us remotely. Um, like I'll be honest, I think the outreach platform helps a lot with that. Um, but it was still just like, like an incredible achievement, how it's done. Mm. So if I get it right, you're like, when you're starting out, you're, you're purely remote, and your onboarding was purely remote and you've got your manager in the US, like you say, waking up at crazy times to help you guys out. It's all day long Zoom sessions. Um, I've heard like, and I've read on LinkedIn and I've probably experienced it myself because the amount of Zoom meetings I do a week, there's that element of Zoom fatigue. And when you're not, you know, where you want to have that human interaction when you was working back in copywriting, how did that affect you like with your mental health and kind of like, how did it feel every time a Zoom meeting like closed at the end of your day? Yeah, so... It's one of those, it's especially if there's like a group of six or seven of you, you can't, it's it's harder to, to kind of gel. It's harder to like make jokes. Um, and I only realized like when we went into the office, it was like, that's when you actually like got to know people and just like spend time around them. Um, all those like really tiny questions that it's like, oh, I can't select someone that. You can now like nudge the person next to you and ask them. Um, yeah. And it was... I just learned like so much more, so much more quickly um, when we did go into the office. So I will say like, if you are onboarding remotely, um, definitely don't be afraid to like ask for help and maybe be a bit like borderline annoying because like no one, no one actually minds. Um, mm. And I'd also say, so it was on our one month anniversary or like the new hires, we all just mm. hopped on a Zoom together like without any like, managers or anyone like taking a training and I was like why why is it taking like a month for us to do this like we all get on mm. so well um so I'd say kind of go out of your way to, to just like hop on zooms like one-on-one -on -one or, or kind of like whatever with your you know, with your teammates I love that I think like you said to build that team cohesion you guys get need to get to know each other it can be a bit difficult remotely when, you know, like you said, that person's not next to you. You can't tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, how do we do this and why are we doing that? And what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, and yeah, we're having to do it through Zoom meetings. Um, sometimes, like you said, you can't really ask them 
that on Slack. And like you said, having a regular cadence of being able to speak to these people and teammates are like kind of brainstorm. But I really love that where you said, you know what, like you've you've known each other for about a month and somebody's gone and taken the initiative to like fire up a Zoom so you can get to know each other. Um, doing it once a month back then, I think that was a great idea. So how do you guys like keep connected right now? Like what's the regular chats with uh, your teammates? Yeah, I'd say because um, the office is closed again two weeks ago so we're still kind of trying to find our way like find a routine um we we do have some like fun stuff planned to do as like um as like, a team um i'd say right now it's just trying to like you know slack your friends now as much as possible um just like hopping on random zooms but at the end of the day it's always going to be a, a bit of an uphill battle um I, i've kind of just like accepted that so it's it's like trying my hardest, but also accepting it's not going to be the same. Yeah, I think that's some strong advice there. Like, again, accepting how the situation is and trying to make the best out of it. Um, if, if there's a tip that I can give when uh, I was working with a client company called Intuo and lockdown just kicked off and <laughs> like we weren't in the office and we're in a UK office, a Belgian office, um, and I was sometimes working from home as well. Uh, but traveling into both offices, what we did with the SDR manager was we used to do like a daily stand-up. So that was like an AM sync for the team to all meet in. And then we'd have a daily wrap-up at the end of each day. Now, when we first started off, we were trying to run it. Like there was a lot of momentum, like, guys, we're ready for action. Like we're going to take this COVID thing and we're going to make it work. We're going to build some pipeline. And over time, the meeting kind of felt like it was like, is there any point of having this meeting? Like, do we need to be having 15 minutes every morning? Um, and do we need to be discussing all the topics of exactly what are we going to do throughout a whole day? And then it related to the end of the day, we, we asked the same question. So kind of what we figured was Monday, have that 30 minute sync. Like, how is everybody feeling after the weekend? Kind of what stuff did you learn from last week? What are you going to put into action for this week? And at the end of the day, it was just more a bit of a, a friendly coffee catch up. Like, how was the day? Like, is there any concerns? Has anybody got any anxieties outside of work? Is there anything we can help with? Uh, and then every morning, it was just literally a five minute high. How are you doing? Kind of like the, around the water cooler to get a bit of team morale, momentum, but just not take too much time because we understand that you've got a job to do. You've got life uh, and stuff to, to kind of crack on with. And we don't want to get in your way, but it's just a here's a safety check to say hi. Um and yeah, we did that for like two months uh, and we learned a lot of things. And to your point, doing fun things where we're doing like spin the wheel. Somebody would do like an MTV Cribs walking around their house to show us their fridge and what's going on. And that's it. Like we like in tough times, we want to try and bring those smiles in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if, if that's something you guys want to try out, I'd, I'd be interested to know like when you come back as a future guest, kind of like how did that pan out? Um, but another thing I'd love to kind of understand is... So you work in a, a sales engagement company where you kind of help people such as SDRs or AEs with help sending out emails and, you know, getting like cold outreach, like helping bring people in. As a new SDR, what is it like living in the world where you're kind of like one of the experts in this industry to do that? What, how, what are you learning and kind of how is it impacting you in your SDRing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a really good question. Um, and it's something I've kind of thought about like, a lot. Um, and the only conclusion I've really come across is um, it's it's tricky to answer because it's literally all I know. Um, I think I said to you before, I feel like someone born into like a kind of a, a billionaire's family 
most spoiled <laughs> kid in the world. I've got like all these tools at my disposal. Um, yeah. And we we arguably have like the best setup for outreach as well. Um, so it's it's all I know. I know I'm very spoiled and very lucky. Um, mm. But I kind of don't know anything else. So it's it's uh, it's tricky. But um, the the other part there, I'm so glad that I'm outreach, and this is why a few people said like definitely take the job because I now just know so much about like sales organizations. So kind of like in the future now, it's that is like my industry expertise and mm-hmm. it's I enjoy having like expertise on that rather than like n- like no offense. I feel like it was on, on like medical stuff or like other stuff. It's It's just not interesting me as much right now. So mm. so yeah. Well, it's it's great to hear that a that you're like you say privileged to kind of be in this industry. Like you're getting to learn all this information, and to hear you can hear it that you're passionate about it. And I think you should always follow your passions. Uh, and passions change all the time, you know. Like um, I've been interested in so many different things in life, uh, but sales is something I'm really passionate about. Sales enablement, sales engagement. These are things I love, and this is why I love speaking to guests such as yourself. I get to learn so much and it's continuous learning. I don't think, um, I think I was speaking to another guest on a show, like there's lots of sales books, there's loads of podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, out there. And sometimes we feel that we need to read all of this or we need to listen to all of these things. But I think you can learn so much in a short space of time by taking snippets from those resources that you have. But if you don't use those resources, you're not going to be able to like expand your mind and kind of learn, which a question I always like to ask guests, especially that are brand new into the SDR position, like how do you best learn? I see that some people are audio learners, some people are visual learners, some people just love to read up and stuff. How do you learn and how do you keep yourself up to date, George? Yeah, that's a really good question because that is one of my favorite parts of the SDR role. It's kind of like always having to learn. Um, I'd say the best way. I do know audiobooks, they just kind of go in one ear and very much out the other, which is a bit of a shame because they are quite, you know, like time efficient. Um, I think it's just reading a book really slowly and then mm. just like then going back over the notes. Um, I think for me, that's that's kind of the best way because I'll read a book. Cool. I'll put this all into action, revisit the notes. Oh my God. I only remember like 1% of this. How have I forgotten like the 99%? Like this is all gold. Um, and then it's then trying to put that into practice as well. So, Solid tips, my man. And as I'm also conscious of time because I know that you've actually got a real disco call after our show, yeah. which is, it still makes me so happy to hear and say that. Um, if you were to give three pieces of advice to a younger George or somebody that's kind of about to embark on this journey, what would those three key takeaways be for you, George? Um, yeah, so definitely the first one was one I kind of mentioned earlier, um, which is just that that kind of like, especially if it's your first SDR role, it can take a while before you start seeing like easy results. You're going to start seeing kind of like some of your colleagues who may have done it before, just like smash it straight from like the first call blitz. Um, and it's, being willing to to put in that like hard work just at the start um, until you you really start seeing some results come through and just preparing myself that it may even take a bit longer than you're anticipating. 
So that's, that's definitely the first. Um, oh yeah, definitely the second is in terms of burnout. Um, and it took quite a lot of self-awareness for me to work this out. Um, I don't necessarily get burnt out by working too much. It's it's more if I'm working too much and then not prioritizing my health and, and then not taking like sensible breaks in the day. It's like that what that's for me leads to the feeling of burnout. So it would be kind of taking my like planning my breaks as strategically as I plan what I'm actually doing. Um, so now that. it's like, yeah, definitely. It's like I'll put in like going for a walk like on my calendar or like going to the gym like in the day for just like a quick 30 minutes of, of cardio just to, and like last week going for like a golf lesson at lunch. And then by the end of the day, it's like I still felt amazing and had so much mm-hmm. energy. And it had been because I'd had that like real, real one hour break I'm like a hundred percent focused on golf and like fresh air, lovely settings. So, so yeah, as you can imagine. Um, and then, yeah, definitely the third one is, um, just try to get to know like your colleagues a bit more at the start, even if you have to like force those zooms, um, Mm -hmm. like just do it. It's worth it. And that just brought back a memory of, um, when I was an SDR and I remember my, uh, the head of talent acquisition that kind of got me in, she said, Neil, just sometimes just go introduce yourself. Like, even if it makes you feel scared, what's the worst that can happen? They give you a bit of an awkward look, but they're probably going to just say, yeah, do you know what? Yeah, hi, nice to meet you. My name's XYZ. And I do this today. Like if I'm out in bars or like I'm out in shopping centers and whatever, and I'm coming across people in a social setting, I just say, hi, my name's Neil. Got to be a bit more careful now with COVID. And obviously we can't shake hands. So I kind of fist bump or like elbow bump. Yeah. But I think it's a great way to kind of get over anxieties, et cetera. But I really loved the kind of what you said, um, also making time for yourself, you know, uh, like we're all working, we're doing activities, but putting it into your calendar of when to have a break, when to have a breather, go do something that you enjoy, be that yoga, meditation, golf. I really love that. Something I know that I'm very bad at and it's just not my thing. But uh, I love uh, drawing. So sometimes I'll just sit out onto my balcony and I'll just be doodling and like scribbling around or perhaps mucking around on an audio file with a podcast because this is stuff that I love doing. So I'm really happy to hear that. And if there's any young people out there kind of like wanting to reach out to you on LinkedIn to ask you questions, what's the best way to approach you, George, with questions? Um... It's one of those, it's people have answered so many of my questions. Someone could probably reach out to me, be quite rude to me, reach out to me in the worst way possible, and I'd still answer them. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, just like if anyone has any questions, just reach out to me. Like, don't worry about like anything. Okay, perfect. So you can come direct to George with questions, and yeah. I'll, I'll put links into the show notes. So, LinkedIn's the best way to get in touch with you. Is that right? Uh huh. Yeah, LinkedIn, definitely. Okay, perfect. And just uh, we've got just a few more seconds left because I know we need to be jumping off in a moment. Um, if are there any shout outs that you'd like to give before you kind of leave today's show, George? Ooh, I'd say there's there's probably like half an hour's worth of shout outs. I'd say <laughs> one person who, who probably helped me the most is my first mentor in door to door, because that was my first like proper sales job. Um, Rado um, and he just instilled in me just like the best mindset and to just always make sure I'm like doing the right thing um, 
and he like, ingrained those habits in me, which I still have today. So I think out of everyone I've come across in the sales world, it's, it's probably him I owe the most to. Nice. I love that. So big shout out to Rado. I love that. I love that. Um, well, look, George, thank you so much for being a guest today on the SDR Disco Call podcast. We'd love to have you back uh, as a guest and kind of see what's panned out for you uh, outreach and see how things are going in the SDR world. Uh, but yeah, uh, you've been a great guest. You've shed a lot of information and uh, I can't, yeah, I can't say it enough, but thank you so much and uh, happy selling, my man. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot and also really appreciate like, this podcast. Um, I kind of said it to you before, but this is a podcast I wish I actually had when I started as an SDR. So I appreciate it a lot, what you're doing. Thank you so much, man. Just trying to pay it forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have a good day, George. Happy selling, dude. Nice one, Neil. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to sdrdiscocall, one word, at bcast, which is b-c-a-s-t dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR BDR, MDR or ADR and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'd love to have you on board.